from CSG Studios high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado. You're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. What's up, everybody out there in Tangled in the Interwebs? We're back at Jake's Sports and Spirits Wednesday night. Is this, uh, is this bingo night still? Um, or is this no, just straight b- sports b- night? Bingo night is no more. We are looking at bringing it back, so stay tuned. Ooh, stay tuned. Maybe more bingo night. 38th and Walnut, Jake's Sports and Spirits. We're down here enjoying a couple lo- local Colorado beers, talking sports. Ross Tipsers Glasses Martin is out on assignment. He is... Uh, Covering the Indy 500, it's going on. I think next weekend. So we've we'll got to pose for out. a picture. No, we're posing for a picture. No, yeah, you're not supposed to pose for a picture. Okay, okay we got to be candid. Don't worry about it. It's yeah. a natural picture. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, make his way all the way down here from Thornton. We got the king himself, Jeff Morton. What's up, everybody? It's, it's a soggy day today. Very, very soggy. But uh, we haven't seen this kind. Of, there was lightning last night. We're not used to that in October. It's scaring me a little. It's like leaving bread in the sink. Yeah, soggy. It's soggy. It's horrible. <laughs> Join us, from, <laughs> join us from DenverStiffs.com, Andrew Feinstein. Gentlemen, good to be back. Yes. Good to be back. And I think we're calling this, we're going to try to do a once a month with Andy, calling it the uh, Colorado Sports Guys Basketball Andrew Hour with Andrew Feinstein. I have created new theme music for it. and we will Really? Have a new new intro. theme music? Yes. And well, a new I, intro. Am, I am honored. Yes. I am honored. So we well, you've got to wait until you hear the music first. <laughs> <laughs> we'll it's just bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> the Scottish... Basketball hour. <laughs> Play <it> well. <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little, just to touch NBA. Uh, at some point during this podcast, Andy may have to get up and run out of here. He's got a late night, what do they call that, the red, red eye, eye flight yes. to Miami. Yeah, not one of my better decisions, but I am on a red eye to Miami. So it, it, it's okay, Andy. Yeah. yeah. So he may get up and jump out of here at some point. I uh, wanted to talk just to NBA in general. I don't know. Did you guys see that Tristan Thompson finally signed a contract with the Cavaliers? Eighty-two Fuck. million. They squabbled over a couple million bucks, and they got it done. Yeah, I think what were they out from eighty-four? So, so he's back in the mix. He's now equal with Kyrie Irving for the third highest-paid player on that expensive Cavaliers team. Their salary cap this year, reading from Brian Windhorst from ESPN, one hundred and seventy plus million, second highest ever, and their luxury tax bill is going to be somewhere between. 60 and 65 million. Jeez. So for all of you Quicken Loans customers, yeah. uh, expect your interest rate to go up. <laughs> well, don't the owners share in that, though? I mean, aren't the other owners, like, happy they're going to get some of this money, luxury tax money? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the Nuggets should be really happy. The Josh Rocky, who knows what he's going to do. He might redo the visiting <laughs> locker room this year. <laughs> He's got money so, to throw around. It was that Nets money before. Now it's the Cavs money. Let me yeah. think about this with the Nuggets. Stan Kroenke owns Eulich's. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. I, I am aware. Move it, tear it down, and build a nice new Nuggets practice facility right there. Ooh, well, or, nice. or what I was thinking is, given that the Kroenke family owns Dick's Sporting Park and all that land out there in Commerce City, what if Eulich's moves out there, yes. which is where an amusement park belongs in the suburbs, and then you reactivate all that riverfront. And I think that, you know, Pepsi Center is 20 years old. So at, yep. so at some point, the Nuggets have to make a tough decision, which is do we renovate Pepsi Center? Um, do you build a new one? Um, and or do you do, like, retail, residential, hotel development along that river yep. engaging with the stadium? Because the model of – I'm putting my geeky real estate hat on. That's but fine. The model, <laughs> of, the model of having a sports stadium sitting in the middle of a parking lot is outdated. 
you know, if you travel around the, the NBA, you know, virtually every city now has like an entertainment complex affixed to its stadium, and now the Kroenke family has the opportunity to do something really exciting with that river and the Pepsi Center. So it's going to be interesting to oh, see yeah. how that all shakes out. Hey, Illiches, see ya. Yeah. Well, you know, it's. Uh, I would like to see what they would be able to do with that too, because you know, you got right around, right over the river, you got Riverfront Park, uh, that whole little residential area over there. So, I mean, they move more residential stuff right there. It'd be perfect for me, and I, I'd freaking move there. Yeah. <coughs> yeah there you you go. just walk over to Pepsi Center. I'll, I'll tell you a quick funny story. So, you guys, you know, we've all been longtime friends, obviously, and, and when I get, even when I got the site started, I was actually living in Los Angeles as much as I was living in Denver, if not more. Right. And uh, as I, when I officially moved back to Denver full-time, um, well, sorry, part-time in 09, I needed a place to live here while I was living back and forth. I looked at an apartment building. I forget exactly which apartment it is, but it's one of those ones that's right on a rare parkway right outside the Pepsi Center. And I said to the leasing agent, who's a very nice girl, and I said, you know, what do you do about, like, bringing friends over, you know, during, like, Pepsi Center events? Like, how do you park? Like, how do I even get into my own apartment? She's like, oh, it's not a big deal. They only use the Pepsi Center, like, 250 times a year, so... You know, the other hundred, the other hundred and fifteen days, you're fine. You know, um, so anyway, I almost lived next to the Pepsi Center, but it didn't have it. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, we. I like that explanation. Oh, it's only two hundred something times a year. Yeah. When we lived in Metro during Rocky season. It was just a nightmare. So oh, just, everyone used that for right, parking. Right. Yeah, you know. Oh God. You know yeah. the area. So. Yeah. Anyway, all right, guys. I want to talk a little general NBA because Andrew took the time to write a forty-eight thousand word. <laughs> preview of the Eastern and Western Conferences, complete with predictions from, uh, obviously, himself, Adam Marez, Jeff, and Mike Olson. So I wanted to go over these a little bit because right away you go pretty predictable with the Cleveland Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference. Is there anybody else who's going to finish first? Else. And then you go to the Toronto Raptors, number two. Is this a favor to your friend Masai Ujiri? <laughs> <laughs> There's no way in hell that. No, I, okay. So I looked at the landscape of the East, and I, a couple things. So I don't know how the Hawks replicate 60 wins. I feel like the Hawks, for the first two thirds of last season, caught everybody else kind of flat footed. Nobody saw it coming. I mean, it was the same team that won, I think, what, 39 games the year before? So yeah, no one saw that coming. So I don't see the Hawks replicating that, especially since their glue guy, Damari Carroll, is gone. Uh, so I don't like the Hawks' chances. The Bulls, Fred Hoiberg, you know my theory on college coaches jumping into the NBA. Mm-hmm. Now, he gets a little bit of an asterisk because he played in the NBA, so maybe he can buck that trend. But, you know, you know, everyone's all over how great of a job Brad Stevens is doing. I'm not sure Brad Stevens is doing that great of a job. I mean, he plays in a crummy conference, and he squeaked the Celtics into the playoffs, and they got their asses kicked in the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so very skeptical about Hoiberg. I'm not saying he's going to be a bad job, but I'm skeptical. you got the Derrick Rose factor, so I'm not high in Chicago. Randy Whitman, you know... Uh, uh, I don't win. I don't. I don't win. I don't win games. <laughs> but when I do, they're in the postseason. You know. So you know they're not going to have a good regular season. They, he's uh-huh. a totally incompetent. <clears throat> he's the bizarro George Carl, right? Yeah. He's really good in the playoffs, but really shitty in the regular season. He's, yeah. the, he's the opposite of George Carl. <laughs> That's Randy Whitman. So I don't like the Wizards. Um, and they lost Paul Pierce. I mean, they lost Paul Pierce. Uh, and then uh, who am I missing? Your grandmother's um, Bucks. Bucks, yeah. Well, I love my grandmother's Bucks, but you know, I think the Bucks. You know, I'm not a big Jason Kidd fan. I can't think of a worse role model yeah. for that sweet Greek kid and that sweet Mormon kid than Jason Kidd. <laughs> you know, I mean, to be coaching Jabari Parker and 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 Atantikumpo, are you crazy? Oh yeah, um, you're right. So, I mean, Jabari Parker is going to throw away, throw his Mormonism in the garbage if he hangs out with Jason Kidd longer. So, yeah. so I don't like the Bucks. What's wrong with Jason Kidd? <laughs> 
He's a drunk. He pasted his wife so, in the face. <laughs> anyway, no, I don't. At that, by the way, alleged. Sorry, alleged, alleged, alleged. I don't want to get nailed for for, for slander here. Sorry, can we erase that. Part? It's, 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 yeah. But anyway, it's a podcast. So, so my point is, no, no one excites me. Now you look at the Raptors. What about the Miami Heat. Okay, the Heat, I, I, our sneaky team. That's Matt Moore's team, our friend Matt Moore. Yes. I like the Heat. They're definitely back in the playoffs. I think Dragic is really interesting. And just when I was getting high on the Heat, I don't know about Winslow. You know, he's a tweener at best. Uh, Hassan Whiteside I like. But Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade, can they stay healthy? We all know the answer is probably not. So I'm looking at the Heat as a 7-6 seed. So you add all that up. Look at Toronto. Look at Toronto. You have DeMar DeRozan. You have Kyle Lowry. What were they missing? And Valanciunas. What were they missing last year? They were, they were missing toughness. They were missing toughness and experience. They bring in Damari Carroll, who I want in my foxhole any day of the week. They got Louis Scola. I also wanted my foxhole. And they got Corey Joseph, who I wanted my foxhole. Three guys that belong in my foxhole, okay? <laughs> they brought on board. Are you allowed and, to tell your Corey Joseph story or no? Uh, I don't think I can tell that story. <laughs> Nate's referring to <clears throat> for the uninitiated. I had the I had the I had the opportunity to go to the NBA Africa game, and I witnessed a very sarcastic but very funny exchange between Coach Popovich and Masai Ujiri, who's the general manager of the Raptors. And let's just say Popovich is not happy that uh, Masai signed Joseph, but that's a good sign, I think, if you're a Raptors fan. That means that Joseph has some real value, and because he's Canadian. Um, a lot of people thought that you know he's going to take that. He's gonna, he thinks he's going to be the starter there, and that's pushing Lowry, which is a good thing. And then, not to belabor the point on the Raptors, but I like Bismack Biombo and I like Anthony Bennett, who are now you know freed up from the burden of being a high draft pick. They can just be role player guys who come in with some energy. So I don't know. I looked at the landscape of the East when I picked the Raptors to be second, and the Bulls third, and the Hawks fourth, and who did I pick fifth? I think the Wizards came in five or six. Uh, I think yeah, you had the Wizards fifth. I think the Wizards were five. We're talking two games difference here. We're not right. talking like Cleveland's going to be a sixty-five win team, and everybody else is going to be like fifty-four to forty-seven. You know, uh-huh. it's not like a big difference. Yeah. And I think we're overthinking these things a little bit, but I just think the Raptors solved their glue slash toughness problem. See, I had the uh, I had the the Heat second. That's a bold picture. I, I, that's, I, I that, had... that's a lot of Goran Dragic. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> Jeff I does I, like I, Goran Dragic. I do, but I, I think that the Dragon will. Uh, uh, help them, and I think the addition of Justice Winslow for them specifically was kind of sneaky, and it's very good. He fell farther than people thought he would, so I, I think that that's going to kind of help them out. And, uh, and and Amari Stoudemire, not you know, an underrated signing. I yeah. agree with you, but again, the East. I mean, I think um, I think everybody, all four of us, picked the Cavs to come out of the East. Only Olson picked the Cavs to lose in the finals, but. The East is a joke. The East is the Cleveland Cavaliers and everybody else. Yeah. And if the Cavs yeah. don't go fo 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 in honor of the legendary, now deceased, sadly, Moses, Moses Malone, Malone, it's a joke. I mean, the East is a total joke. Yeah, it is. So what do you guys think of just some, some of the lowly teams that I think have a little upside? you got the Magic, the Knicks, and the Pistons. I kind of... I, I, maybe they battle for the eighth seed for the right to lose to the Cavaliers, but I any the, interest in any of those teams? those three... Okay, so if you if you said to me you have to pick one of those three to watch, to me it's the magic. You yeah. know, I think Hazonia is really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, they got a lot of swing players, um, but you know Scott Skiles, you know uh, the little dictator. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that I think the magic the magic to me of all those teams are, are really interesting. I think the Knicks are going to be painful to watch. I think that, uh, but they might win games. Too. But they might win games. I think Robin Lopez. Look, Sideshow Bob is a great talk about a glue guy. He's a great glue guy. So I like Sideshow Bob. I like Robin Lopez. Did he sign there just to be close to his brother? I don't know. 
Same city. Um, at all the toy conventions. Actually, yeah. Orlando is the one I would, of course. You because, would be in the Orlando, well, of course, because of Dave Franco. Of course, I would. I would totally, I would totally watch them just because I think Hazonia is. To me, the guy I know that I wanted to see the Nuggets get. And to be honest with you, he's already shaken things up a little um, in, in Orlando, even though it's going to be two years before they all hate Scott Skiles and he'll be, he will be, uh, he'll be driven out of town with pitchforks and torches. Yeah, he gets a three-year run right, <laughs> yeah. before he pisses everybody. Before he's yeah. like everyone hates him. So, yeah. but, I wonder how they're yeah. going to use Fournier, too, in that mix because they got Yeah, because he's another swing. Yeah, that's yeah. A, lot, a lot of twos and threes there. A lot of twos. And they, like Tobias Harris, they just signed to a big contract. and uh, Ones and twos. Know. I think Tobias might play power for them. Let's see. But, yeah, they're interesting, too. And then let's, let's swing over to the West. The West, Wait, Can we just have one, one quick comment about the East? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I didn't realize this until I wrote my NBA preview. The Pacers have three Hills, three guys with the last name Hill, and none of them are Grant, and this is in 1997. So I think they're going to be awful. Who are the three? Solomon. There's Solomon Hill. George. George Hill. And Jordan. Jordan Hill. So, oh, yeah. They yeah. signed Jordan Hill. Yes. Oh, they're going to be terrible. This, this new up-tempo thing is going to kill them. Monte Ellis and Paul George. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not buying. I, I, I'm short on the Pacers. Yes. big time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We swing over to the West. Obviously, everybody got all, all you guys except for Olsen picked the the Warriors to finish first. Spurs, Clippers, Rockets, Thunder, Grizzlies. Blah, blah, blah. Who do you guys like in the West? Andy, you obviously had. You know, you have the the Warriors one, the Spurs two, the Clippers three. How do you feel that shakes out? Like, do you see any any wiggle room for the Warriors? Are they going to be as good as they were last year? Well, is there again, any reason not to? By think the way, they won't Warriors be? again weight of expectations. Big, de- it's a big deal. Uh, what did Pat Riley call it? The disease of more. Yeah, right? the disease of more. Yeah. And it's it's a big deal. And I, mm-hmm. I don't want to discount that. I, I think that they, they, they win sixty seven games last year. Harrison Barnes um, wants a new contract. Yeah. Draymond Green was almost Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, it, it's going to be tough. <clears throat> I just think that the Spurs. Look, they stole the Marcus Aldridge. They absolutely stole David West. But they still have an old backcourt. Uh, well, I'm sorry, since an old backcourt. Tony Parker's getting up there. Uh, Ginobili's getting up there. You know, you got to like Kawhi Leonard. Um, I think the Spurs are the second seed, but I just think the Spurs, they don't take the regular season seriously. So I'm not that worried about them being, although they should have last year, right? Mm-hmm. And they taken the regular season yeah. a little more seriously. No, seriously. I think I they, know, they, yeah. That was the difference between being a two seed and what, yeah. a five? Yeah. When they lost to the Pels on the last game last of the regular game of the season. season. Yep. Yep. Got the pills in over there. Well, my thing season. about the Spurs is I think the addition of Lamarcus Aldridge is going to be a little more rocky than they they actually think because they can't run the, their offense the way they've been running it. We're not with two post players who demand who basically they're going to have to try to play like they did with Robinson. When yeah, this, is, this isn't yeah. 1986 with Ralph Sampson and Akeem Olajuwon. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have know. to play like they did with yeah. Robinson, which is interesting. It'll be interesting how they adapt to a. Post-heavy offense um, in in this era because you know you never really outside of the Grizzlies you just don't see that sort of thing. Now, guys- I, I might sound like a lunatic considering that Doc Rivers has the distinct honor of coaching two of the nine teams in NBA history that has blown a three-one series in the playoffs, <laughs> but. The Clippers have the right mix of crazy yeah. and talent, I think, to really make noise. I think that the fact that they have Josh Smith and, in theory, a humble pie version of Lance Stevenson is really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers are a two seed. I picked them three. I wouldn't be surprised if they're a two seed and they, and they uh, finally get to the finals. I mean, Doc Rivers is the guy that can maybe 
handle that type of ego train. But. Well, it look, looks here like I have the Spurs fourth and the Clippers third and the Rockets second. So, yeah. I, I still don't, don't like. I still don't like the Clippers. Like, this is kind of their mental toughness. Like, they just seem to always fall apart. Maybe that's where Pierce comes in and helps them out. And I think, Stevens. Yeah, I think Pierce will help them out. Yeah, yeah. significantly with that. I'm, I'm interested in them and the Houston too. I think Houston's going to be really good. I'm, I'm curious to see how if James Harden predicts, you know, him playing off the ball will actually happen if he can thrive that way. Which yeah, he says I, he, I have a hard time will, saying that. I have a hard time saying him thriving off the ball. My only problem with James Harden is I think he's a fourth quarter fader. I think when the chips are down and you need someone to step up, I don't think he's there for you. A. B, to Jeff's point, um, he needs the ball. Ty needs the ball. I think he won a lot of games for them late in the fourth quarter. I think. He can, but I'm saying I don't don't know. I'm not buying him. You don't trust him. I I don't see Ty Lawson holding a Larry O'Brien trophy in my lifetime. Game seven on the road in San Antonio. Right, exactly. I probably lose James Harden. Didn't he set? The, didn't he set the record last year in Game Five against the Warriors for the most turnovers ever in the playoffs? <laughs> right, <laughs> probably. Yeah, like thirty-seven in that game. Yeah, was it thirty-seven? It, it, no, it was like sixteen. It, 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 it was sixteen, seventeen. It wasn't thirty-seven no, turnovers. No, oh. no, yeah, that's a, <laughs> but it was a lot. <laughs> it was. That's, that would be. That would be a. That would be. Why isn't the coach taking you out of the game kind of moment? Yeah. I'm interested, too, because it seems like everybody's kind of closed the door on the Thunder from a media perspective. You know, everybody expects Durant to leave. They expect the Thunder. They're not really talked about in the same breath they were two years ago, right? When Even after they got done with the Flames. I just don't see the depth in Oklahoma City. That's what I worry about. Yes, you've got two of the top three. Well, I'm sorry. You have two of the top five players in the entire NBA, right? Yep. In no particular order, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Steph Curry, and then they have the other two, Westbrook and Durant. You may argue Harden, so they have two of the top six. But there's no depth. There's no depth. Yep. I mean, what am I missing? Yeah, I don't trust any other. Like, Deion Waiters, can't trust those guys. Come yeah. on. It, it's, it, it's one of those things where I think the Thunder... This is this is going to come out of not la- necessarily out of left field. My issue with the Thunder is that I now don't trust the health of Kevin Durant because he got uh, the worst injury you could possibly get for someone who's big. He's got that foot injury, and I can just see it coming back. And that that is what I think is li- le- not making me push them to where they used to be because I'm thinking that's going to come up again. And I hate wishing. I'm not wishing injury on person. I just don't trust Durant's health anymore. I just don't. Yeah, you, it kind of feels like you're more likely to wake up to Durant Ranger's foot. I think. I yeah. think Oklahoma Hopefully City, <clears throat> the deal with the devil that they made to move that team, yes, is <laughs> finally going to come home to roost. Yeah. I think that this is this is Durant's last year there. And if I'm Kevin Durant, why am I futzing around in the West? Mm-hmm. You know, I take I take my ass and I get to DC. Or somewhere near there. You're talking about and, that thing that uh, Nate Craigman hates. You're talking about the basketball gods. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying at some point, and then, and then I, the NBA is going to regret having a franchise in Oklahoma City when yeah. they were in the 11th or 12th biggest media market in one of the coolest cities in the United States for decades. Um, yep. I think the chickens are finally going to come home to roost here. That's, th- just, that's just my Listen, as someone who has many, many friends in Seattle, I would probably <laughs> tend to agree with that. <laughs> Pissing off the people who probably live in Oklahoma who listen. I don't think anyone lives in Oklahoma and listens to this podcast. Yeah, screw them. We're probably getting an email from Royce Young right now. <laughs> 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 tearing us apart. Dear sir or madam. Yes. So, <laughs> I, I, I was got, so I started looking at it today. I wrote a little piece this afternoon. I'm just I'm looking at Bovado's over-under for teams, right? The Las Vegas gambling site, whatever. And I'm looking at how the West shapes out. And they have, at the 8th seed, they're 
if you take their over-under totals and just put them in a row, you have the Jazz's 41.5 wins with the 8th seed, the Mavericks 37.5, the Suns 36.5, the Kings, Lakers, Nuggets. Nuggets are about 13th with their 27 wins, if you put it in order that way. I'm really curious who's get to the 8th seed in the West. I don't know if I trust, like everybody's assuming that the Jazz are going to take this leap forward. I'm not sure if there's not four or five teams in the mix for the 8th seed. I don't know if any of them are going to be any good, but... Am I, am I the only one in the, on the planet that sees the Kings as the 8th seed? You're giving George Carl... Okay, back to... Remember we talked about Bizarro George Carl, mm-hmm. Randy Whitman. Let's talk about George Carl. You're talking about arguably the greatest regular season coach in the history of the NBA. Right. Okay? He has yeah. a full training camp. He has a talented roster. And they may hate his guts, but so what? Everywhere George has been, he's had very talented players that hated his guts. It's and true. he got him into the playoffs. I, I like the Kings. Interesting. I, I just don't know how it's going to work with uh, Rondo. And he's the one. I think Cousins, they can use Cousins like he did Mello. I'm not worried about how Cousins would translate with I can George. see them having like a good year or two under George. Like the first couple of years or something. Yeah. You know? like this could be the year that they get something going just because of the talent they have. But I don't know. I don't, I don't like Rondo, but, again, with George, you might like him. You know? So, Rondo, so this is what I heard from my NBA people. Um, Rondo hated playing for Rick Carlisle because Rick Carlisle is a very uh, structured coach. He, he insists on structure. You look at the sidelines and right. call a play. George yeah. Carl doesn't give a shit. George Carl yeah. basically takes a nap throughout the, the first three quarters. That's true. And, let, and here we are lauding him as a great regular season coach. <laughs> but he basically takes a nap for the first three quarters and really lets you do your thing. Yep. And I think that that rope that he's going to give Rondo, that long, 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 long leash, is going to be to Rondo's benefit. Yeah. I, I just I see the Kings. I don't, the Mavericks don't have more talent than the Kings. The Jazz, you know, again, weight of expectations, no Dante Exum. I don't know about the Jazz. You really think Trey Burke's going to lead them to a playoff spot? Yeah, I, like I think they need to make a move for I, somebody. I think a lot of people are probably riding the Rudy Gobert train a little, a little hard. Would have, could have, should have endeavored. Yeah, breaks yeah. my heart. Yeah, we'll see. We'll anyway, that's my pick is the Kings. I, I, I and I'm the only one. I'm the lone man in the wilderness on this one. But I like well, it. it's one of those situations where you know if it works out and they go even higher, the lone man in the wilderness. Sometimes you know, yeah. <laughs> in the land go, of the blind. We'll get more in depth after this, and so don't go in depth here, but. The Nuggets, they have any prayer of, of sniffing out an eight seed in the West with any of those teams? I, I don't if, think if so. The, it's just too deep. If the win total. So I'm looking at it, and basically Vegas last year had, I think, six teams that they predicted, you know, about 49 wins over under set there. This year it's down to like 41 with the Jazz yeah. sitting at the eight seed. So it may not take, you may not even have to be, you know, over 500 to get the eight seed in the West. Nate's bringing up a very good point. I mean, you've you've had to now. Last year, forty-five wins got you in. The Pelicans got in, but Pelicans and the Thunder both. Prior to last year, you had to be in forty-eight, forty-nine win territory just to get an eighth seed in the West. That's a. I mean, the Suns won, I think, forty-eight games two years ago and didn't make the playoffs. Right. That's that's an unbelievable number. Uh, Nate's right. I think this year, forty-three, forty-four may get you in just because teams eight through fifteen are going to beat the crap out of each other so much. I mean, look, I. You guys have laughed me off this table many times. I still think Minnesota's got a really interesting <laughs> roster. But Oh, but, Nate. Weren't we going to talk but, to him about this? That was the first question. Leaning into but to answer, Nate's question, to answer Nate's question, you know, Michael Malone, Emmanuel Moutier, healthy Gallo, uh, Wilson Chandler, healthy Nurkic. I could be talked into predicting the Nuggets in a 35-win range, but I don't think it gets you in the playoffs. I, yeah. Listen, I, I'm, But it might put you it just could. outside enough to think that 
It could. Hey, if we get a get on this eight game homestand, maybe we got something. Well, this is the like thing. a thirty seven no, game homestand in January. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Let's have an eight game homestand and a seven game homestand. I've told people that the, the first part of the schedule is brutal. It's just brutal. They don't play an Eastern Conference opponent until the end of November, and it's Milwaukee twice. you got to hope know? you catch some of these teams sleeping. You and know? So what's really going to happen, I think, is that the Nuggets are going to have to do what they did in 2012 and tread water. And if they can able to do that and they come out close to 500 after that and they hit that seven-game homestand and that eight-game homestand, then things start turning a bit, and I may be talked into saying, thinking, okay, they maybe can get to the eight seed. But as of right now, I just feel that just, just the chips are stacked against them. They're too young. They'll be enjoyable, but they'll just be in this 35-36 win range. I agree, yeah. and that might be generous. I mean, Vegas, last I checked, had them at 26.5 wins. You said 27. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that's, you know. That's the over. I, I take the over. I'd bet the over. I'm thinking 35. Yeah. yeah, it seems like it. All right, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about those Nuggets. And I got a little sound from Daniel Gallinari. And is he, if he's ready for this season, we'll hear that one now. We are ready to go. Um, you know, we, we don't want to think about the past or whatever happened last year or you know, two years ago. That's in the past. We are, we are here now. We have a new team, new coaches, that new coach, and we're ready to go. We're not rebuilding. We're here to win. So, uh, I don't know, that's not in our vocabulary right now. We are here to win, and we are ready to go. It's ready to go. They're ready to go. We're here to win. We're ready to go. Here to win, we're ready to go. <laughs> so, they're ready to go. New roster, new guys coming in. So, Andy, we did want to ask you that question. You just brought it up. Which roster of young talent do you like more, the Wolves or your hometown Nuggets? I still like the Wolves more. And it breaks my heart to say that, but I just like having, you know, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, you're talking about the number one pick in the draft last year. You've got Carl Anthony Towns, number one pick in the draft this year. Um, you know, you got Levine. You know, doesn't go to my temple, but we'll, 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 we'll accept <laughs> Levine? him. Levine. <laughs> um, you know, they just have they just have a, Well, yeah. you go those three guys. You have Wiggins, Levine, and Towns versus. No, but here's the other guy. Moody no one Jokic talks. Here's the, no, the guy nobody talks about. Gorgie Jang. It's because he's 30 years old. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gorgie Jang. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I just think that Minnesota, by a nose, I, I would if I had to take either roster today, I would. I'd rather have their roster because they have the. Here's the thing: Minnesota's going to lose more games than the Nuggets are going to lose this year, and they're going to have a top five pick, and we're not. And so they they are they are poised to be a routine fifty win winner, kind of like what the Thunder did a couple of years ago. Whereas we're not. Is that's what I'm worried about now? Caveat. <clears throat> If Moutier at seven is that steel draft pick that I think we're all hoping he is, like a Stephen Curry who went seven, game changer, great. Um, and didn't, didn't, didn't they take they took Curry at seven? They took uh, Clay, Clay Thompson, Thompson like 11, 11. And they took Draymond at like, where did they take Draymond? 13, 14, something like that? He was a second rounder. Yeah. Was Draymond a second rounder? Yes, he was. Yeah. So, point is. Harrison is, Barnes was top 10. You're right. Harrison, Harrison Barnes, Barnes was, was like a high 13. pick. You are absolutely right. Yeah. So, he was four. So. No, was he four? Something. No. So, they were able to do that, but I'm, I'm worried that. Gallin- I hate saying things like this. Gallinari and Wilson Chandler make us too good to be a top five pick. And I think I'd rather be in Minnesota situation because they're going to have a lot more upside later. Painful today, more upside later. This is my thing. Um, having watched these guys in practice and sometimes, you know, what, what is that uh, optimism that ha- happens with spring training? You know, people get that spring fever. Naive and, optimism? <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I really like that. This is interesting. I... More than that, I'm seeing something that I hadn't seen before, and that was the emergence of Nikola Jokic. 
this has been a revelation to me, and it has caused me to waver on <laughs> revelation. <laughs> Last book of the Bible, um, and it, it's kind of caused me to waver on my initial prediction of them doing about thirty wins this year, because he is a guy that will steal minutes away from Kenneth Fareed, and he is that good. He has been that good in practice and in games so far. Because you had you had uh, Malone referenced them on media day. But basically said he wasn't going to play, mm-hmm. and then now he's been playing him and can't stop talking about the guy. And he's scoring like sixteen, nineteen. It's like, it has, should he be doing that? Is Carl Anthony Towns doing that? I don't think he is. I don't. I th- I, part of the reason I would take the Nuggets roster is because I don't trust Carl Anthony Towns, and I don't think he is as good as people think he is. And that is what leads me to kind of say, all right, well, Towns, I'm kind of wavering there. Yeah, maybe I would take Nikola Jokic. Maybe I would take, you know, I don't know about Nurkic. I'm on the fence on Nurkic now. But Jokic has been, a, like I said, a revelation to me. And I kind of like that combination right now. I kind of like the Nuggets roster a lot more than I did, say, going into preseason right now. I really oh, do. By the way, I'm with you 100%. Look at Joffrey Laverne. Great oh, summer. Man, yeah. great, great summer yeah. playing Eurobasket. He's been solid all preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hey, I'm ex- hey, I wrote I wrote about this. I'm excited. I've never been so excited for a 30 to 35 win team <laughs> since 1992. Yep. And I beat that dead horse many times on our side at Denver Sims. One, one of my favorite Nuggets. The 92 teams. 93 Nuggets was one of my favorite teams ever. It only won 35 games. Here's kind of a funny thing is, you know, it, it, like you said, it's an exciting no win situation this year. Like, they're not winning the championship, but we're still excited about it. And uh, even the. Uh, so, Russ. Vicky and Russ is Russ, writes me on Twitter a few times when I start talking about the optimism for the season, and he brings up, you know, as a season ticket holder since, you know, the 80s, we're sick of having to hit the reset button all the time, basically. And what are, are they ever going to, like, do anything besides keep having to rebuild? That's kind of how the NBA is, right? You have such small title windows, and you have to be able to scrap your plan and move in a different direction year to year almost. Well, I think that's an unfair comment. Russ is a good friend. I, I, I respectfully disagree. I think that if you look at the Nuggets of the 80s, first of all, the Nuggets of the 70s had a plan. They had a damn good team mm-hmm. from like 75 up until 78. You know, 78, 79. If David Thompson doesn't get coked out, it goes. By the way, David Thompson <laughs> friended me on Facebook. It's the coolest thing ever. Did friend, he? Friended me. Wow. I'm not kidding. Anyway, 80s. 80s, they rebuild, right? So to your point, Nate, they rebuild between 79, 80, 81. They had some tough seasons there. They rebuild. They have a decade of success, I would argue, from about 82 all up to 1990. Mm-hmm. They rebuild again. They did the right things in terms of Chris Jackson, LaFonzo Ellis, Dikemi Matumbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the right pieces in place. Fonz blows out his knee. Bernie's a moron. And we lost a decade. Mm-hmm. Then they rebuild at the end of the... Sorry, at the beginning of the OOs, they bring in Carmelo Anthony, they bring in Andre Miller, they bring in Marcus Camby. That, that team went 10 straight years making the playoffs. That was the longest streak of any team in the NBA other than the Spurs. Yes, we are resetting again now, but we're just a couple of years removed from 10 years of playoffs. So yeah. if they get their act together, there, there will be no playoffs this year. But next year, if they get the right pick and the right free agent, I could see another 7- to 10-year run. So, Andy, what would your... Uh What'd your reaction be if you found out that Drell Arthur was going to average 18 minutes a night and Jokic was only going to average six? We all know. You just, he's, Nate, he's, he's baiting him. Yeah, That's Nate's what he's just, doing. Just for the record, just for the record, here's why Nate's doing this to me. Okay. 
I've just never seen Darrell Arthur make a shot. So it's kind of like I've never seen anyone score a goal in a soccer game. Like, I know goals are scored in soccer games. So it's a theor- I've just never theoretical seen thing to you. I've just never actually seen it happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, maybe it's when I get up and go to the bathroom and I come back and now it's 1 0. I've just never actually seen a goal scored in a soccer game. I've never seen Darrell Arthur make a jump shot. I've just never seen it. I think he's, he must make it. I look at the box score and he has like, he makes one he has like four or five points on 33% shooting. I've just, I've just never seen it. Matt Moore's listening to this banging on the table <laughs> repeatedly. Yeah, just a larger point there. Like, so if, if guys like Nelson, Arthur, Foy, if they're getting a lot of minutes, it'll, I think it's going to be a, somewhat of a disappointing season. But so far, Malone has really shown that he's going to let the guys play that are playing the best. And I think that's why Hickson has been essentially benched. And we've gotten to Which see so much great. Joffrey and, yeah. and uh, Jokic. Yeah. And, and, and Hickson, that has been the biggest indication to me that things may actually go in a very good way this year is that Hickson just has barely played at all this preseason. And, um, and Randy Foy got injured, but he wasn't exactly playing a lot before he got injured. So I think we could see the Nuggets uh, exceeding some expectations there, So, I, I, especially considering that everybody's whipping boy, J.J. Hickson, is not, uh, is not in there. Poor J.J. Hickson. He's such a <laughs> nice guy, too. He is. Like he's Teammates the nicest, mm. nicest guy. I, I, we did this uh, ping-pong event at our Expo event center with the whole team. And uh, I had actually never met JJ before, and I actually I hung out with him a little bit that night. What a great, genuinely nice guy. And I feel bad that Colin Nielsen on our side at Denver Sips has killed this guy for the last three years. Did you know JJ Hickson owns a restaurant in Atlanta? I did not. Apparently he has very good food. Yeah. It's, uh, well, but you know Atlanta because you, you well, lived there for a little yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm 40. <laughs> I, I, I lived there 20 years ago. <laughs> Uh, Probably changed a little bit. I don't think J.J. Hickson had a restaurant for there back then. I don't think he was born. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so do you guys have any preferences on the uh, – get asked this question a lot. Who makes the, who makes the uh, actual roster for this team? Do you guys care about the, the last man at the, at the end of the bench? Well, is this, is, this, is this a debate yeah. between Eric Green and like the kid from Arizona? Nick Johnson. Nick yeah. Johnson. And Nick that? Johnson, maybe it's – you know, but Nick Johnson, what he should one of eight the other night, didn't do himself any favors. No, he didn't. Yeah, but I think somebody asked Malone this at practice, and Malone, well, no, I don't know. Maybe, I don't think Malone's commented on it. But, I mean, is it just between those two guys? I, I tend to think that maybe there could be another move there, but I don't know. It, seemed, it would seem kind of odd if the Nuggets got rid of either Foy or Hickson at this point. No in time. chance. Because it seems like. They wouldn't do that to a guy this late in training camp. Yeah. If they knew they were going to make a move like that, they would have made it so they could have tried I, I, to catch him. I, I have on pretty good authority. It's between Green and, and Johnson, and I think Green, by a hair, uh, makes the roster. And it's interesting because uh, they will actually spend more money cutting Eric Johnson, or Eric Johnson, Nick Johnson, than they will keeping Eric Green. Which, again, would be somewhat <laughs> of a, a nice surprise, wouldn't it? would be it? an like, interesting thing for a hey, notoriously... Adverse to doing that sort of thing, organization. It's so. funny. I'm looking at Nick Johnson's bio here on uh, NBA Game Time app. They list him at six three. Surely you jest. Uh, he might be five ten. Five five eleven. He said he's six two. I've stood next to him. Really? To him. But he's in he's in sneakers. I don't know, man. Sneakers. But anyway, I, I, by the way, I don't like saying things like this about these guys. These are guys that you know. Here's a guy in Nick Johnson. He is going to spend the next decade of his life. Nope, no BS. Uh, bouncing around between the MBDL, even if he makes the roster, right? MBDL, maybe he'll get a call up here or there. He'll be in a lot of summer leagues. He'll be in Europe. He's actually going to make a few million bucks over the next 10 years of his life, but he's going to have no stability. He's always going to be scrapping to get in the league. 
And I have a lot of respect for those guys because it's going to be a it's going to be a tough slog for him. He's going to be a professional basketball player, but he's not going to be an NBA player. Well, and that's a good point. And it's, I, I like think that. Eric Green is going to suffer the same thing. He'll just be on the roster. You know, yeah. it's these two guys that are going to have the same fate. It's just one will be gone from the Nuggets before the other. You that's know? kind of what I think with with Green. I've thought about. I mean, there's no way that Moody and Nelson play 82 games this season. You know, they're not going to play 162. Why would games. why would Moody play 82 games? I just he's going to sprain an ankle, something's oh, going to happen. But not, you know? I mean, if he's healthy, he'll play 82 games. But yeah. Nelson, you're right. They'll rest him and uh, There's going to be a hamstring. So I just I, I kind of think, you know, if it is up to Green and Johnson, I trust Green and So why, why why was Moody rested on the home game last week that I went to against the Suns? And, well, and what was the mandate from the league? I didn't quite understand. It wasn't that. a league. It was the, what was it called? What they was just it? blamed it on their. Uh, they have catapult technology. It's right. these vests that tell them if a player's exceeded his workload, and he was maxed out on his, so they decided to rest him. You know, I see. And L- now they have that. They they have right. the technology, so they can blame the technology. Instead of saying we're Such, resting our star player to so, home game, <laughs> it's so offensive. Yeah, and when I when I heard about that, all I could think of was Elgin Baylor. You know, there's a great <laughs> Bill Simmons piece on Elgin Baylor, the player, not the GM, uh, not the Bill Cosby sweater, Elgin Baylor, who showed up at the lottery every year. Yeah, Elgin Baylor, the player, unbelievable. You guys Google Bill Simmons, Elgin mm-hmm. Baylor. It's an amazing article, and, it, and and he basically Elgin Baylor when he was a younger years in the NBA was an Army reservist, and he had to fly in those days. You know, coach two or three times across the country to meet up with the, with the Lakers to play basketball games. He played every minute of the game. Yeah. And they used to play back-to-back-to-back back then. They didn't have masseuses on the planes and dietitians <laughs> and private jets. It's such BS. And, then, and Moutier can't play a few minutes for the fans on a, on a home game preseason? Well, I, let's, I, let's I was say, offended. Let's we'll <laughs> say he goes out there and plays and wrecks his ankle and is out for the first month of the season. Then you'd be going... Why the hell are they playing this kid? Okay, Nate. And I mean, let's preseason right. Right. versus tomorrow when he does it in practice. I don't right. get the difference. Yeah. But I hear you. I hear you. I'm just saying. My only point is the guys back then were a lot tougher, yeah. a lot tougher. These guys. Uh, and look, I get it. They're gazillion dollar assets now. It's a very different paradigm. Um, but it's a little. It's, it's a little offensive. Well, it's uh, you know. I, I feel bad for the fans that uh, paid for tickets. But my question to them is, why are you paying for tickets to a preseason game? Well, you know. It's, Different levels of uh, income, Jeff. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean there was no one there at Pepsi Center. There was it was the, how many, you were there, Andy? It was like it was no, like I was there. People. I was there. Amy was there. You were there. <laughs> Nate was there. Adam Mari was, was there. Uh, Tim Connolly was there. Tim Connolly was there. Uh, yeah, Tim's yeah. wife was there. She's yeah. a lovely lady. Yeah, and Russ and Vicky were there. Yeah, and that was it. That was pretty that much was it. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> I wish that they would announce like at the end of the first quarter, like just Kyle Speller should come on and be like, ladies and gentlemen. If you're sitting up in the rafters, please come down. <laughs> please come down. Everybody come down to the first level. Yeah, yeah, they great. used to do that at Big Nichols. Yeah. They used to let people come down, but uh, they don't well, do that. Now they have to get Stoppo on the main concourse. All right, this isn't your seat. You, you can't come down here. <laughs> yeah, getting you your credential was yeah. an adventure. Um, so look, we can uh, we'll get you out of here, Andy, so you can get going. But Before, you, but, but, you know, before he leaves. Well, no, I, I got some stuff. I, I do, too. I, I just wanted to... I, I, we have to serve this up on a plate before oh, we forget. God. I have it. Okay, you got it? Okay, good. That was the whole, yeah. Okay, whole good. I, I, I don't trust you. <laughs> so the first, the first game, uh, October 28th, against the Houston Rockets, 
Uh, you guys will be hosting Stiff's Night Out here at Jake Sports and Spirits. But you're going to be here. You're a stiff for life. Yeah, I'll you be like here for not. sure. I'll be here yeah. as well. Uh, hope everybody comes down for that, and we'll be watching the game on the road. So we'll get to listen to mm-hmm. our favorite Altitude crew <laughs> produce the game. We'll get to call the game. We'll get to hear Scott Hastings. I might have some Scott Hastings sound here. Let me cue it up. There's a sample of Scott Hastings coming up for you right here. So uh, I, I got I to got, I got, I be honest. Okay. That, that, that. that. That, that's a foul. That's a foul. Okay, I, I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. You can't put your hand in there. Okay, it's a foul. <laughs> I did I did read a criticism from uh, Zach Lowe had the Nuggets Scott, watching I love you. you. know I love you. <laughs> Zach Lowe got on Hastings. Now, gee, Scott, gee, Scott. Now, look, if they would just play together <laughs> as a team, <laughs> they can cut this lead down to forty. Uh, this this deficit from forty two down to thirty seven. If he didn't take the bunny hop and the pee patch. <laughs> well, I got, Chris, I, I, I got to be honest with you. Okay, now look, that's, that's, that's a foul. <laughs> and if they go, uh... You can't, you can't, you can't stick your knee out. It's a foul. <laughs> Let's go to the pregame show. I think I have some B-roll here of, uh, of Bill Hanslick. Let me tune that. Let me cue that one up here. All right, there we go. All right, let's hear this one. Well, geez, guys. I mean, you just got to put a little bit of effort. It's all about the rebounds. You get some rebounds, and next thing you know, instead of losing by 23, you lose by 17, okay? So they can do it. I, I, I know they can do it. <laughs> Back over to you, Maya. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we'll be. We do have Nuggets, Rockets. That's going to be good. We'll get to hear our favorite guys on altitude. Chris Marlowe. Doing big things over the summer. Still, by the way, just for the record, and I, we we tease, but Bill Hanslick, <laughs> Bill Hanslick has been wonderful to me in my life, my whole life. I've known Bill actually since I was a little kid. Bill's an amazing friend, great guy. Scott Hastings, Chris Marlowe. You know, when you think about sports bloggers, these guys have every right to look at us with you know disdain, uh, disdain, disgust. and they've been nothing but nice, and they've been they're they've, the best. They're the best, and they've embraced us. They've made us feel like we're members of the family, and I think that. Whether it's Maya Starks or Scott or Chris or Scott Bay, the producer, yeah. Blake Olson, Bill Hanslick, Alexis Perry, you know, you couldn't ask for a nicer group of people. And, and I've always felt like we're like a big kind of like, and even though Nate's no longer a stiff officially, at least no, he's Nate's always no in But I feel like the, the combination <laughs> of the Altitude crew and those of us that write about this team, we're like a big, you know, Nuggets media family. And yeah. I think it's because there aren't that many of us. Yeah, this is very true. Well, yeah, and that's kind of. That's the thing I've enjoyed a lot over getting to cover the team the past few years is just getting to know all these, like, everybody in the media pretty much. Even guys like, like Kizla, we've all had our blows with Kiz on Twitter. Then you see him in person, nicest guy in the world. You know what, Kizla, <laughs> you know? Kiz and I have gone at it for sure, and, and we've got to get me and Kiz on here together. Yeah. I really want to do that. He said he would do it. It'll be part of the, ne- the, the next yeah. uh, but Kizla's been general like, sports guys basketball yeah. hour. Kizla's been, <laughs> Kizla's been nice. They've all been nice. And, uh, and I think that our, our careers, if that's what you want to call it, careers. As, as sports writers, bloggers, fan advocates, whatever we are, um, doesn't get where it's gotten without the support from all these folks. So that's it's true. Great. I agree. Yeah. So. A little sappy, sappy note there. But. <laughs> so hopefully we'll have a lot of the uh, Denver media heads in the house here it's at Jake's. It's a foul. I'll <laughs> be honest with you. Now that's just, geez, that's just not how you set a screen. Well, we, we've had John Fox on here many times, so it's uh, nice to get someone, a, a Nuggets personality on here. <laughs> Might have to work on the voices, but the content was correct. John Fox, the George Carl of the NFL. <laughs> that's the you know, George Carl yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, um, 
You want to win regular? You want to? You want to win regular season games? You hire John Fox. <laughs> no, John, you're not. You're not going to be on today. So, Andy, let's say you're Gary Kubiak. What do you do to fix the Broncos? Go. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Do we have time for this? <laughs> I have no idea what to say with the Broncos. I will say this. Uh, Peyton Manning, you know, I play fantasy football. We all play fantasy football. I drafted him in the fourth round this year, and I benched him for Andy Dalton a couple weeks ago. It's the best thing I ever did. I never thought I'd say that. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Slinger. Again, back to what we were talking about Nick Johnson. It's easy for guys like us to, to make fun of these guys. Peyton Manning, you're talking – I mean – it's just so frustrating. I was at that Super Bowl. Sorry, I can't even get my words out thinking about Peyton Manning. I was at that Super Bowl in New York. and You went to the Super Bowl? Yes. How do I not remember this? I went to the Super Bowl in New York. Jesus. And, you know, Did Peyton you leave Manning, in the first quarter? No, I stayed for the whole game, unfortunately. I remember that one of my friends who I went with said to me, said, at halftime, I think they were down 17 points at halftime. He said, well, look at it this way. If they win, it'll be the, you, you'll say you witnessed the greatest comeback <laughs> in Super Bowl history. But Peyton Manning... Could have, could have been the first quarterback in NFL history to win two Super Bowls, but with two different teams. No. Nobody had ever done that before. In fact, he's on a very short list. I don't know who else is on the list besides him and Kurt Warner, who have been to Super Bowls with two different teams. It's a very short list. Craig Morton. But he had an opportunity to, you know, not that his legacy is not cemented, but <laughs> now it's a really tough argument because now Tom Brady's been to six, but he's won four. And Manning's been to three, but he's only won one. He got, yeah. he got his ass kicked in two. I mean, it's, it's just that, that to me is what's heartbreaking. And I got to tell you, I don't see it this year. No, I forgot no. that he lost. I always forget that they played the Saints in that Super Bowl. Well, you know what, though? That's all on Jim Caldwell. They were 14-0. <laughs> they were 14-0, that dumbass. They were 14-0, and he benched him. He yeah. benched his starters, remember, for week uh, 16. And I remember it was very controversial, and Peyton wasn't happy about it, but he was very diplomatic in the interviews. And I, I'll never forget, Dan Patrick asked Tony Dungy on uh, NBC Sports on a Sunday night, um, uh, you know, was that the right decision? Now, Caldwell was Dungy's assi- assistant coach, uh, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, one of those yeah, coordinators. And yeah. Tony Dungy said, oh, he absolutely made the right decision. He's an idiot, too. <laughs> he said, Nobody, Tony Dungy, who turned five Peyton Manning Super Bowls into one, uh-huh. he said he absolutely made the right decision because nobody remembers who goes 16-0. and They only remember who won the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure we all remember when the Patriots went 16-0, and <laughs> even though they didn't win the Super Bowl. And you probably couldn't tell me off the top of your head who won the Super Bowl five years ago, okay? Right. So, total mistake. They pissed off the football gods. Sorry, Nate Crackman. And that cost Peyton that Super Bowl. It did. And, and, and by the way, Tony Dungy, you schmuck. Every year, your front-running Colts, you would rest Peyton in weeks 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. You got your bye week, and what happened? You got your ass handed to you by wildcard teams scrambling to get in. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you know what? It happened in. here. It happened here. It happened here two years ago against the Ravens. It happened here, and it happened last year against the Colts because they always overthink this. You've got to play every game in the NFL like you're meaning to win it, yep. and you don't even want that by. You want so to just keep going and going and going. They might win the Super Bowl then. This is the Colorado sports guys, right? This We're is like the Colorado sports guys. Yes, we, we, we talk about the Broncos all I the mean, time. They're absolutely scraping by this year, so maybe yeah. this is the year that they win the Super Bowl. I, I have a theory. I'm going to be writing an article about this on, on the CSG blog. Uh, I have a theory that the, the Broncos never really expected to be much this year. Um, just based on the moves they made, you know, they, they were just basically abandoned the offense, you know, and they just retained their defensive players. And um, I think they were kind of surprised at how awesome the defense was once they did it. And now the defense is kind of Tebowing John Elway. 
remember when he put Tebow in, thinking that the, the they would lose every game. Hey, look, John Fox, John Fox winning <laughs> what, eight, nine games with Tebow. Yeah, should yeah. have been coach of the year. He should have. Uh, Mike but, McCoy. Yeah, but, just, but I just think that um, look, this defense is unbelievable. This defense is unbelievable, and other than the Patriots, nobody really scares me in the in the AFC. Uh, I just don't see it. Yeah. Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning. I'm not a big statistics guy, but just all the numbers are in the wrong direction. I mean, more interceptions than touchdowns. Horrible quarterback rating with a 30th ranked offense. I mean, these are just numbers that you you just can't overcome that. And, and unless you're point, Trent Here's the thing: the brilliance of John Elway that nobody ever talks about. When he won those back-to-back Super Bowls with Terrell Davis and crew, they kept that defense off the field, so that when that defense was on the field, they were fresh, fresh. Yep. and they kicked ass. And I'm worried that at some point this defense cannot do this every week. They yeah. can't do it. It's true. Yeah. I agree. Somebody told me, I heard a joke, that the Broncos' best offense is uh, whoever they're playing against uh, uh, offense or something because they're just going to give it to our defense. Or something. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, anyway, <laughs> there's my two cents on the Broncos. I got a bail. Well, hey, let's yeah. hang on. Before yeah. you go, let's say two guys wrote a tell-all book where yeah. they didn't hold anything back. Peyton Manning writes one and Daniil Gallier writes one. You can only read one of them. Which one would you read? A tell-all book. A tell-all book. No holds barred. No offense, my fellow Stiffs and Nuggets fans. Peyton Manning. Of course, you yeah, have to be Peyton. I, I would read Gallows, but... <laughs> Gallows has been to Italy, think New about York. The, think about George the, Carl. I know, but think about the <laughs> world. Gallows would be pretty salacious. Son. <laughs> Just think about what Peyton Manning's experienced over yeah. two decades. Yeah. Commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell you about um, that whole side of things. Yeah. yeah. I, I just... Uh, hey, look. I, I said, it's easy for us to pick on t- Peyton Manning. Nobody would be happier than me if he can somehow get into one more Super Bowl. But this Patriots team, they're on a mission. Pisses me off, but they're on they're a not mission. deflating. That's for sure. Yeah. Anyway, love you guys. <laughs> yes. October twenty eighth, Stiff's Night Out, yes. right here at Jake's. Right here. Bring your respective entourages. I will do the same, <laughs> and uh, it's gonna be a great night. Right. Andy, your entourage encom- encompasses the city of Denver. No, no, no. You cannot fit them in this restaurant. All right. So I have to balance. <laughs> Bring in the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> I was at your birthday. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, we're going to get out of here. Andy, right. thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it. We're out. See you next week.